Listen up, bowlers. Are you looking to gain the mental edge over your competition? Do you ever need that extra burst of all-natural energy during league play? MindFrame is the first all-natural supplement packed with vitamins and all-natural ingredients to keep bowlers at the top of their game. Supports muscle recovery and joint support for the day after that long tournament. You cannot continue to neglect your most important tool, your body, if you want to win. Experience the striking power of MindFrame. Visit S3Direct.com. That's S3Direct.com. Above180.com, taking your bowling game to the next level. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews and coaching to drilling layouts. Now, from Washington, D.C. and the Bowler's Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Serrar. This is co-host Tim Berg of the Above180.com podcast. What we thought we would do this week is take a look back at an interview that you may have missed. This was an interview that we did back in uh, end of last year, and we talked to uh, PBA star Danny Wiseman. Danny is a fan favorite, a really great bowler, and a really great guy. And we thought we'd just replay this interview for you folks. If you want to check out a podcast you may have missed, check us out at Above180.com, right under podcast. Podcast links also have great updates with the USBC Open going on, the BTM and the 123 tournaments. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at above180.com. Also, check us out on Facebook at Taking Your Bowling Game to the Next Level. And by all means, make sure you are shooting us your USBC Open scores as we're going to be having some prizes once the tournament concludes to the highest bowlers in the appropriate divisions so without further ado what we're going to do is we're going to pick up the danny wiseman interview right before our first question to danny danny joined the pba back in 1987 when he won two titles his first full season on the tour which was the 1990 year he has won multiple titles in 1991 1995 on his way to 12 titles overall his best season was in 2004 2005 when he cashed in all 21 events that he entered and made match play 18 times and won his major back at the abc masters 2004 which was held in miller park has, he has also thrown 36 career 300 games in PBA competition. Danny, thank you for joining us on the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar here. Hi, Tim. Hi, Joey. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. That 36 has now changed. It's like like 42 or 43 now. So <laughs> just keeps, I got 60, 65 or something total now. Just keeps going so up not, and up I'm and up. To, I'm trying to get to that 100 so I can retire. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't bowl league, so I'd probably be at 200, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'd say more uh, like 300, Danny. Yeah, well, you know, it's just another game for us, but you know, it's always fun. I just shot one at the World Series of Bowling on the on the uh, cheater pattern with the old blue vibe, which is my my. Uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, that's one ball I use on that, and shot it on three hundred. It wasn't a very pretty three hundred, but it was. I think it was six. That was my sixty fifth one. That's what it was. So that's cool. Well, you know, we're glad to hear you're back on the tour, and uh, I personally missed you last year because, I mean, to me, the PBA needs more colorful personalities, bowlers yeah. with charisma. You know, both bowlers you can love and hate, and and you brought something to the sport that a lot of these other players can't or don't bring. Uh, and yeah, we're we're glad you're back this season. Uh, you did have a deferment last year, correct? 
Yes, I did. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 fun to to be born again, and that's what it's about. I mean, my life changed in in August of '09 when my mom had a, a level four subarachnoid hemorrhage, which is basically an aneurysm that burst in her head. She literally should be um, a, a vegetable. I mean, to be honest with you, uh, she should have died, and they saved her, and she is back to about seventy percent of what she was before, feisty. And it's been a long, long, long road. And last year at the World Series of Bowling. Uh, that's when it happened. Um, I was in Detroit, and I immediately flew home, and, and that was it. I didn't pick a ball for three, four months, and started and bowled here and there in, in January, February, when I got okay from the doctors because mom was coming out of it. And, um, you know, just put things in perspective. Bowling's not, you know, uh, not a priority on my list. I love to do it. Um, yeah, I'd still love to win, uh, you know, three more titles to get to the 15 that I stated when I first started and, and win, you know, obviously another major or two. Um, but uh, with with everything that happened, and being that I'm, I'm now 43, and I didn't want to be out on tour when I was 40, and you know I've had a pretty good career. Um, didn't achieve everything that I wanted to, and I still have time. But uh, you know, with that all happening last year, that's why I got deferred, and people wondered, you know, what's going on. And it was all I, I've got a whole. Um, the whole story is is on my website in the uh, in the. In the um, uh, notes page on my fan page of Facebook. It's all in there. And uh, lately I haven't really been updating it because, I mean, she's kind of really doing great. I mean, it's it's uh, unbelievable. It's amazing. It's what it is. But it's all in there. And it, it was just a horrific journey uh, for all of us. Well, you you did the right thing, Tim, or uh, Tim, I'm sorry, uh, Danny. Uh, again, a, a very trying period. And uh, uh, we're, we're both glad to hear, and I'm sure all the listeners are glad to hear, Mom is doing great again. Uh, yeah, and, so, and, and the, the funny part about it is, you know, I did hardly bowl a lot, and then I bowled a couple of regionals in the summertime, which I really don't bowl regionals, but I was, and I, you know, I won two of them, I finished second in another one, finished uh, fourth in another. I mean, it was like, wow, it's it's fun again. You know, it's not it's not life or death. I've seen what that looks like, you know, with my mom. You know, it was the priority when I first started. It was life or death, you know, how to make a living. I, I don't need to, I don't, the bottom line is I don't need to do it. I love to do it. And if I don't have to bowl, I don't have to, you know, and, and that's the point of my career where I've got to think of the next 20 years doing the things these kids do with a bowling ball now it's 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 amazing and and I'm able and capable of doing it but um, a lot of it like for example this past World Series it was survival for me I mean throwing it off the left gutter 100 mile an hour and and ripping the holes out of it to get it to tilt you know it, it's it's hard to do you know I'm not 25 anymore um, and that, and that's that's dictative of 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 the environment and you know it's I survived doing that. So, I was gonna say, um, Danny. Do, go ahead, Tim. I was gonna say, Danny. Do you think that nowadays, with the equipment so much stronger than what it has been, than when you started back in the late '80s, that the, the lanes have to be oiled that way to keep the young kids from just gripping and ripping it, like you said? Or, or what can be done to change it on the PBA for you guys? I don't know. In the- I really don't know. There's been so many things been tried, and and you know, like I was just telling you about the story about the ultra angle that I brought home. It's got surface on it, and I can play right in the friction on a house shot. I can't even touch it with, I was throwing a, a Mars from Roto-Grip, and that's a weaker, low-diff ball, and, and I'm, you know, 25 left with that thing on a house shot where I'm going right up 7-8 with an ultra angle, and that's 23 years of technology. So, you know, the covers today and the cores, everything's so stronger. The only thing that can, that can uh, um, basically make things happen is, is, is um, 
you know, the oils, the oils and the patterns, you know, taking away the friction. Um, it's, it's just a hard catch-22 because the house people, you know, the people who own the centers, they want, you know, scores, and, and it's just out of hand now. And, and, you know, there's a lot of challenge shots coming around. Um, they're trying to do that in my area. But, um, you know, I'd, I'd like to see it go back, but it never will. So we've got to, you know, uh, go against what's what's going on here today and try to figure out a way of making it more challenging and um i mean it's challenging because of all the bowling balls and because of all the cores and all that you know back in the day you had three or four different balls and that was it you change ham position speeds maybe some surface you know things like that um now it's, it's very technical and you have to be on top of it you know danny that kind of segues into my next question uh the game has gotten much more complex which in, in my opinion is good for the sport as, as opposed to That's staying very mundane Correct. That's what you, you makes agree? it difficult. Yeah, I mean that's what that's how it's evolved, and that's what's made it difficult. You can no longer throw it one way uh, physically, uh, like going back to the '60s and '70s, and maybe change hand uh, positions and, and and move a couple boards in a block. Good friend of mine, Barry Asher. Barry, I ask him, how many boards did you move in an eight-game block back in '73 or '4? Yeah, we might have moved five, six, seven. You know, the whole block. I'm like, wow, if we're doing that, like, we leave a four pin, we're moving, you know, a nickel left. <laughs> you know, it's like, because we never moved. You know, it was just one of those things where you made shots. Now, today, you make the shots, but you have to have the trick in your bag physically to be able to get to that pattern. And today's bowler is a lot more versatile in all aspects than the bowlers of the past. Now, those great bowlers back then, would they be as good back today as they were back then? Absolutely. Your greatest bowlers of all time could compete in any era because they have the ability to adapt to the given environment. Right, and I totally agree with that, Danny. You know, skill is skill, and I mean, what's added into today's equation is the bowler must possess more knowledge of equipment, surface changes, layouts, uh, sure. uh, lane play. Absolutely, absolutely. So at age 43, uh, basically, okay, your, your prime year was 1995 when, when you cashed in every event. I believe you were 28 at the time. Can you compete at the level needed to, to sustain a good living and, and win some tournaments during the course of the season at age 43? Absolutely. I mean, look at Walter Ray. Uh, it, it's all about how much desire and heart you have. Um, you know, I've beaten the best in the world. 12 times. It's not very much considering I probably bowled 500 events. But that's what we all strive for. And and I know I can. I mean, I won some regionals and uh, recently. And, and you still, you never, you always want to win. It's just a matter, in, in my eyes, in my uh, life right now, is it a huge priority? Um, it, it's, it's not, but again, I love to do it. So, you know, I know how to win. So given the you know, the time period of, of when it's needed, when the double and the tenth and all, I know how to do that. And it's just being sharp and being able, capable of doing that. I mean, Walter Ray is, he's just unbelievable. Um, so do, do you to have do that, that desire to absolutely. say be bowler of the year this year? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, you know, going back to what you, your question was, I mean, when I was 28, I know a hell of a lot more now than I did at 28. But back then I knew a lot because I had to study because I was, you know, basically in 95, I mean, I was still taking four steps, had the longer slide, and, you know, the, the resin was out uh, two years prior. I've had to adapt to that. I've had major overhauls in my game probably, you know, five or six major overhauls with a whole mess of tweaks in there throughout a 20-year career. And I'm still working on things, you know. I'm still trying to 
incorporate, you know, what I see with these kids and how they do it and how I can finagle my physical game to be able to create something for a different look on on the lane condition when I see it. You know, it's, it's, you're always adding to it. And, right, and, and, and the, game, the game evolves, and we have to evolve with it. Otherwise, we're left in the dust. So Absolutely. what changes have you made, say, in your timing to be able to adapt better to today's game? I, I would think it's something of, of a delayed timing effect. Yeah, I mean, I'm a lot later than I used to be. I, I went to five steps in 19, the end of 97, and I led that tournament. I worked on it for a week because I saw that back then with resin guys were what I call cracking it off left to right quick and opening the lane up. Well, I never knew how to walk left and throw right. I had to teach myself how to do it, and the only way I could do that is to get to the line to where my foot was there with my swing just slightly behind me so I could keep the hips open. Well, forward that, you know, 10, 12 years later, that still is is similar, except the balls are stronger, the oils are thicker, you know, we get deeper and deeper and deeper, and now, you know, the rev rate comes into play, and a lot of that is legs. I mean, these guys utilize their legs more now than, than they ever did, especially the last, I'd say, the last 15 years. I mean, it's 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 become a, a you know, where you've got to utilize the leverage. You're late, you're open, and you have to be able to crack it off and, and get it to turn the corner. So um, that's that's what I see. I mean, my game really is not a whole lot different than it was, but the add-ons that I have compared to 10 years ago are, are much more. I, I know how to do a lot more things. Now, physically, because of the things that I've gone through, if I was it's physical... Or, if I was uh, like I was 10 years ago physically without the ankle injury or the wrist injury and all that stuff, yeah, it would probably be a little bit more easier, you know. But, I mean, I've had to deal with injuries, too, so I've had to work around all that stuff. So hey, Danny. It hasn't been a cakewalk walk the last five years, you know. <laughs> I was going to say exactly. Hey, Danny, one of the things that PBA has tried to do with, with uh, bringing scores down a little bit, I guess, is the PBA, the plastic ball tournaments once a year. A lot of the players did not like those. Just want to get your thoughts on the plastic ball tournaments and, and how they actually worked and did they even mimic or were they even close to what people had when they actually bowled on a pla- with a plastic ball well i bowled the first year um when everybody got two balls or whatever it was and you know guys were, were cracking them off with with scotch bright and, and you know 100 grit Avalon and whatnot because they they flooded the lanes and there were certain guys that had the right tilt and all to get, to get the ball you know to, to get around the corner and you know, it was, it was different. Uh, I didn't bowl it last year, so I cannot comment comment on what happened last year. I know Zizek, uh won, and um, you know he's been a great player for a long time. And um, I, I don't know what was out there. I do know that when I see guys try to throw even urethane balls now that are younger, they don't understand the reaction that the ball's got to read soon and continue off of that like it used to back in the urethane days instead of the ball going, you know, 45 feet and going sideways. They don't know how to see that reaction. Um, but that's why I like to practice with that because speed control comes into play, and that's how I, I, I work on my speed control. Well, exactly, so, and that's where, like you're saying, how urethane is kind of making a comeback. But um, one of the sure. things, is, is the urethane the same as it was back in the 80s? Well, what I see is because the oils are thicker, when, when someone uses urethane, for some reason it just tracks it down the lane, and that becomes that lane becomes so tight down lane. Um, example was in York, I bought a regional, and, and right out of the practice session, a guy was on my pair, and he was throwing a natural, I believe it was, like up, it was on a cheetah. He was throwing it up like four, five, six uh, in practice, and he didn't throw it on the right lane. 
and the right lane was playing correctly with reactive balls the way you normally would would do it, you know, bumping like seven, eight to the gutter. The left lane would hang. And everyone that went to lane three at that tournament, everyone just, they didn't bowl well because it, it, they weren't expecting it to hang. So the European balls now, they flare more, and they, they basically take the oil up and, and move it down the lane. So if you catch a pair behind someone throwing urethane, it's it's not like everyone's throwing urethane. So it actually makes the lane tighter down lane. Um, and it, it's kind of really squirrely. Now on the left side of me, right, Simonelli's been bowling fantastic. I mean, he can just lay up on, you know, five, six, seven, chomp on it with his hand, which he does great. And, and uh, you know, he can do things to it no one else can. And he bowled super in the regionals um, with urethane. So, but that's a different story. I mean, you know, the right side just gets so much more play, and here and there someone will throw your thing ball, and all of a sudden that lane's just dead tight. Danny, you know, I'd like to kind of switch gears a little bit, and instead of talking urethane, talk reactive resin. I remember that the period of time when you were using the uh, Revolution line of balls, mm-hmm. and and uh, you, have you ever signed with a ball manufacturer? And if not, is there one that you feel in today's game, with the conditions you would typically see, would match up to the style you throw? Uh, you're really putting me in it on this one, huh? Of course. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I'll answer the backside first. Right now I'm an independent contractor. I have been for the last 10 years. Um, I have had no bowling ball company um, that I've been involved with with a salary since Revolution. Uh I've been with four companies total in my 20 years, and I'm pretty loyal when it comes to that. Turbo Grips was, I was the second round of Turbo Grips uh, staff players back in 91 with uh, Kelly Kaufman, and um, I believe Bob Lerner was already on there, Ted Hannis, Guppy Troop. We were the first six. Um, then now I'm, I'm with Vice Grips uh, with their products. Bowling ball companies, Hammer. Uh, back in the European days, from 90 to 93, and in Revolution, the fall of 98 to 2002. That is it. Um, I've had TV deals, which is what I do as an independent contractor with, with quite a few companies, and they've all been generous in supplying equipment, and I kind of I kind of like my options open. Again, you know, I don't, yeah, have I cost myself money by not being on staff and getting a salary and whatnot, and everything is relative to what the market uh, plays out on, but I don't. I don't need to, uh, you know, have that salary. Um, it's not going to be what I would want, like I had with Brunswick ten years ago. But the it was different back then. The whole industry was different. So, and now being that I'm near the end of my career, you know, I, I like to be able to throw all the different companies, and and they they are generous and have sent bowling balls to me, and I try them, I give them feedback, and and on. that's kind of how I like to do it now. I like to play. I like to. Uh, do all the experimentation stuff. So, so in your opinion, you're at no distinct disadvantage in any way being an individual uh, independent contract. Uh, what about your your layouts and drillings? Since you do have a you know a hundred different balls to choose from, are there certain layouts that you tend to stay with regardless of which ball you drill to, to well, get kind of a baseline read? Yeah. Yes. This is how I do it. I have a few companies that I that I, I work with. I don't have all of them. Okay. Over the years, there's been they've intertwined. Um, where it would be one company, and maybe you know a couple of years down the road, something would change, and you know whatever it may be um, that I would have TV deals with. You know, um, with the layouts, I kind of have a couple favorite layouts, and I have a 
And what I do is I have a fastball spinner that will basically act like a determinator, um, except sideways, if you can imagine that. I'll make it wobble by unstabilizing it. So when I put the ball on there with the, the, the pin up and the mass bias, if it's an asymmetrical ball down, when I flip that switch, that thing will spin up in three to five seconds if that thing's strong asymmetrical. So I can make sure that that, that spot that comes from the factory is on. The next thing I do then is I take 4,000 Averline and I spin that thing with water, and it actually brings it up to a shine. There's no polish on it, and I do every ball that way. And then I put in, depending on what the numbers I see with the ball, with the uh, um, the RG values and, and the differentials and core shape and all that, then I have a couple different layouts that I do. And then I go through them, and then I compare against the other companies, and then I figure out where they fit in at, and dictative of whatever lane condition I'm bowling on. And back here, sometimes I'll put out different lane conditions, and I'll try this, try it, and that's what it's about. Try this, try that, try this. I get a base, and then I go from there. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, and, and you mentioned 4,000 kind of, Avalon, you know, and I've been, you know, been drilling for, since 1973, years, exactly. even though I'm still a real young guy. <laughs> laugh, laugh. But uh, 4,000 is a good mid-finish. That it, we, we sell a lot of balls and, and recommend players start at that grit, and then they go down if they need an earlier read on the lane with different lower grits and sanding, or naturally they apply polish to create more length from 4,000. Right, and with me, with with uh, what I've found out is is on my spinner because it's so fast, I can get these things pretty well much shiny. I mean, they're they're it, it would be like on a slow spinner using polish. I mean, it, it will smooth that cover out and bring it up to a nice shine. And then I get a read from what the cover stock compares to other companies, and 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 layouts and and go from there. And then I have an idea of where where to go at if I need to drill another one, whether it be a short transition or long transition ball, depending on the if it's asymmetrical or now my one of my favorite layouts with symmetrical balls is just going right up above the bridge above the fingers and go from there it's like um, a five five and a half inch pin yeah my axis is like five over up a quarter and i'll go right up above the fingers or above the ring finger if i you know but um I, if i go below it's below the ring finger maybe kick the cg kicked out with a hole if i want it to slow down you know down lane depending on what size of the hole is and how much i'm cracking the core and there's a lot of variables but i, I have a couple just basic layouts that i do and i you know again i do it with surface cover stock and, and hand and changing tilts and you know, and speaking about hand, okay, you're 43 now. Uh, your your hand isn't as young as it once was. It once was. It, it's been tested by the rigors of the pro tour. Have you had to make considerable span or pitch changes, say, in the last five or ten years? Um, I've I've always changed it. <laughs> Believe it or not, <laughs> always tinkering. I mean, I've got papers upon papers from I mean my first four titles they were all different grips back in, in the 90s they threw it different back then you know, everything was longer left and away and more rolly couldn't do that now I'm short now um, this grip is actually a deviation off of a grip that um, I used to use back in 2000 believe it or not but in along the way I have changed it quite a bit um, and I've always kind of went back now with the shorter because of, again, all the years of abuse on the hand and whatnot, and um, I'm actually, it's almost semi on both. Um, I go past the, the first crease, but I can back it out or I can change my grip pressures and, and things like that. My thumb pitch is pretty basic. I mean, I use, it, I use a hit in the thumb, and I have a custom mold 
um, thumb that's flat in the front, like the old canal screen insert, and I've molded that. And then use a cork. A lot of guys use cork, believe it or not. Um, and you don't really. Earl Anthony used cork in every wall. Yeah, it's just it's just for feel, you know. And you know, if you're clean and you're and you're good at the bottom, it comes off. Um, so many guys use that Ace Mitchell cork. Duke and Walter and Amoletto, Ferraro used to use. There's a lot of guys. The Eugene McCune. Um, but uh, uh, eighth right, eighth reverse, that's it. I mean, that, that's what it was 10 years ago. <laughs> and I've just played around with the span. I mean, yes, I've used all the way to a quarter left and five-eighths reverse to a quarter right, quarter reverse. And I've made sure. I think we all have over over time, without oh, without yeah, question. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but, you know, it goes to what the hand can, can how it folds and, and, and uh, how the muscles and tendons are now, you know. I mean, I, I don't really have any problems with my hand, so. Joining us on the Above180.com podcast is Danny Wiseman. For more info on Danny, check out some of the great stuff Danny has for sale. He's selling some of his shirts and and all sorts of great things. Go to DannyWisemanBowling.com. DannyWisemanBowling.com. You can also find Danny on Facebook, and he has an eBay store and also lots of great stuff. We are also linking those on the Above180.com website, uh, so you can take a look there and and find Danny that way as well. Danny, the last question before we go we have is, me and Joey started this podcast to help the bowler who might be just starting out or someone who is averaging in the 170s, 180, but really wants to improve their game, uh, take it up to that next level, so to speak, maybe bowl the regionals with, with the likes of you, which would be a challenge, but maybe just improve their game a great deal. What is one thing that when you go out and practice, you see bowlers and you just shake your head that they're constantly doing wrong or a, a certain issue that you always see from, from bowlers that are maybe just trying to get rolling? Well, I mean, a lot of a lot of times you see you see people who who uh, you know they're trying to get better and and they kind of get stuck and they don't know where to go because they don't know enough about it. And one of the first things I, I would say is, is in your local areas to find one of the most um, uh, a, a great coach. Someone search out someone who is knowledgeable of the game, whether it's a pro shop operator or uh, just a, a local professional who's going out on tour. And you can find that stuff on the internet too. There's a lot of great coaches out there. Um, the different levels of uh, the um, USBC, um, you know, gold and silver coaches, they're out there. Um, the, the next thing is, is if you can't do that, is to videotape yourself. Get a nice digital camera, and you have to be able to see what you're feeling. And I've got going back to years ago when I've changed my game over and over. Video cassettes full of, 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 you know, video. And now in the digital age, um, you know, I keep my camera with me, whether it be my phone or my little digital. And I've got, uh, you know, probably a gigabyte of, of video of, of all the little changes and things. And what I do is I will condense them, cut them down, get the shot or two that I want, and I send them out to my coach, Billy Hall. He's been with me for since '87, I believe, and he's seen the evolution of the game and how I've tried to do this and try to, you know. And we go back and forth. Of course, he's out of sea, overseas, and we do emails. So by him seeing that, he can tell me, and I kind of understand it. But if you don't know what you're, if you don't know what you're, you're feeling, you you have to see it. You have to see what's going on, and then of course you'll understand that when you get with a coach. And they can point out things that, that need to be worked on. And it's always, you know, in my mind, it's always at the start, how you, how you set the swing. I mean, that's, that's Billy Hall teachings, and, um, you know, that's this point of no return. It's gotta and be, it never ends, right. Danny, am I right? It, it never ends. It's, it's always evolving. And, it's, you know, right now I'm working on something that I, I need to video. I haven't 
you know, it's something I knew how to do before, but I, I see things going on now with the, the guys, the contemporary guys, with the way that their swings getting into the into the swing. And you know, I've always been taught to set the swing out. Norm Duke and I, you know, with the left hand. But I'm seeing these guys holding it a little longer, and it's dropping down, and it's more on a it's more on a point. You know, like drop down, pick up, and it's not being pulled up. It's it's just weird because of the way the timing is, and it's like you know how can I incorporate that? I mean, it's kind of weird, you know. It's it, it, the swing plane is changing again, um, so I don't know if I want to at this point in time because I feel pretty good, but you know, it's always something that I could learn. And and again, I will videotape. I will send it to Billy. He will look at it and he will give me an answer. But if you have a hands-on with the coach, that's the best way. That's great advice, Danny. And, uh, you know, everyone needs those trained or knowledgeable eyes for advice. And it doesn't matter what your skill level is. You can't absolutely. see yourself from behind or from the side or from the front. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've, I've sent video to Billy. Billy, this this really looks good. It felt good. You know, I see what's going on. He'll come back and go, that's crap. He goes, this is what's going on. You're, you're missing the whole boat here. Look at this. Look at that. And then I'll be like, oh, Okay, I see it because I'm I'm locked into what I'm feeling, and I'm seeing it, and it feels good. It looks kind of what I'm trying to do, but yeah, he'll see it and he'll go, nope, no good. <laughs> so now, before I went to the World Series of Bowling, I had cleaned up something that had been bothering me for a while, and, and he said, that's that's what I've seen you look in a while. And I bought a World Series of Bowling, and we're throwing it off the left gutter every, and, and, I, and I got out of whack. I had to take a week or two off and just, you know, get back get my bearings back under me because that pushing left and flipping it around the ball return the body around the ball return and throwing it off the left gutter was you know it's it's a survival thing for me you know well, you know, Danny, I'll tell you, as we wrap here, I, for one, wish you the best. I mean, t- to me, you're a, you're a compassionate person. You're an approachable person to the common man, which you have to be in, in today's world. I appreciate world. that. And, uh, and, you. and you love the game. I, I can tell you're a purist at heart. Uh, you, you grew up with the game from little on, and it, it's something you'll never let go. It'll always be part of your life, even yeah, with absolutely. all your other activities you have. Absolutely. And, and I, I want to see you back on that winner's circle soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, I, the, the tournament champions. It'll, it'll be 20 years since my my dad was was. It was 92, and that was the last show he saw me ever see me bowl. And this is this is going to be, you know, this will be 20 years. And it's, I'd love to win the TSC. You know, what happens happens. You know, and it's it's uh, it would be something really cool if I don't. I don't. You know, it, it's it's um, it would be fun to win that. It wouldn't be about the money. It'd be about you know the. Winning the tournament champions, I had a chance to do it 20 years ago, and it didn't happen. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, I appreciate the comments. Um, you know, I try. Um, I, that's all you can do. You know, you're here to uh, do what you can do and, and be the person you can be. And, and uh, you know, I, I do the best that I can do, and I try to do everything I can for people. And, uh, you know, I've loved it since I was a kid. You can check out the Facebook page and the fan stuff. Uh, I've I've got so many trophies and all my patches and, and just things from the history. It was like, this is your life when I'm going through all this stuff. It's like amazing. And it's still like that. It's, it's um, you know, it's not a priority, like I said before in my life, but I love to do it and I love the challenges of it. Well, Danny, we love the fact that you gave us all the time you did today. And thank you again. For more info on Danny Wiseman, check out dannywisemanbowling.com. That's dannywisemanbowling.com. And we'll also link that up here on above180.com as well. Danny, we got to do this again. Time just flew by, so we are going to talk to you again. But for now, we're going to let you go. And, and thank you for joining us. Oh, you're very welcome. I certainly appreciate it. Thanks for the kind words. And I wish you guys the best, too. And uh, happy holidays, everybody. 